Sincerely, two years ago, before the the, the COVID-19 arrived, I was seriously thinking to, to retire or to go to Superbike and try to do another things, try to... I don't know, but I was not enjoying. I was suffering a lot. Uh, I was 29 years old and I was crying every every Monday when I arrived at home. Hello and welcome to Last on the Breaks, the Moto GP podcast where we have hopefully the most in-depth chats you've heard with a whole range of characters and people in the MotoGP community, including risers. And you're listening to one today. We are here with Alicia Spargaro on this week's episode. I think it's a good deep dive. Yes, absolutely. Alicia Spargaro, one of the most prolific characters, I think, on the MotoGP social media platforms. Uh, he's documenting his entire life. But how often do you actually get to hear him talk in depth about yeah, what he's feeling inside? Yeah, I think it was an interesting you know? chat on that. Yeah. And also, I forgot to introduce us. I'm Fran Wild. That's Matt Dern. For goodness sake, Fran. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, really enjoyed this episode with Alicia. Took a bit of a different turn than we were expecting. I'm, I'm particularly enjoyed the chat about his relationship between his him and his team manager, Massimo Rivola, and the change that he's brought in. I think it's a, this episode is a particularly unique insight between athlete and their management and also the, the the type of leadership style going on in Aprilia these days. Yeah, it is interesting and about the changes that the Noali factory have kind of put in place over the last couple of seasons. Good, interesting chat. Honest as ever as well, yeah. part of why we love Aleish. And question of the week then, we were thinking something to do with kind of happiness what drives you is it about how you feel when you're how, trying to how you perform something? best i think yeah it, how so. you perform best are you kind of goal driven or are you just about what makes you happiest and then you just keep doing that what's your kind of approach so you've got to keep listening because uh, then you'll find out how alicia spargro performs best find at his the, job the secrets um, of, uh... <laughs> yeah the secret of his success which actually around four of the championship it sounds like his season he's happy enough if it finishes now after all that yeah if you need the... a good cheer up <laughs> listen to this because it's just full of joy yeah it's he great. Just, he's just absolutely <laughs> loving his life and it's just really and it's really nice to hear as well because he does actually point out in it a couple of years ago he really wasn't enjoying yeah, it so. actually quite a kind of a headline stealer a kind of i was gonna say admitment there yeah. admission promise i speak english uh that yeah actually um almost decided to give it up so interesting stuff about that so. and coming back to it so please enjoy our deep dive and before we go the end, rest of the intro uh, do stick around at the end because we are reviewing your comments that you leave at the end of every episode yes, it's a little bit promise. finely cut because we're now only recording this the day after we released the Oliveira episode so I hope you all enjoyed that one so this morning in the media centre quickly trawled through some of the YouTube comments <laughs> and a lot of feedback to the question of the week the last one was about how uh, uh, whether riders need to have things outside of their life of racing so thank you for all those comments we'll review them at the end of the show and there's a bit and more on that topic in this one as well, well. there is actually isn't there yeah exactly so, yeah. so make sure you get in touch leave a comment underneath the youtube video or get in touch using uh, the hashtag on twitter MotoGP podcast uh, be nice to us the guests each other that's the main thing and uh, we'll speak to you at the end of the show <laughs> so hey, let's begin alicia spargo welcome um thank you very you? much all good all good all good yes. uh, it's almost a race uh home race mm. 
Uh, I race many, many times here in Jerez, one circuit that I love it. Uh, one of the best circuits to to be close to the fans. So with these uh, circumstances, it's not going to be that fun, but nice to be here, yes. Big time, big time. Hey, so feature interview with you. We, wanna, we can't not talk to you about cycling and things like that. I mean, everybody watching, if they follow you on Instagram, they know that's They your, might like, think you're passion. a cyclist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> true, true. I mean, you are basically a pro, right? You, you get sponsored stuff and everything. But um, the thing I want to ask you about is what, what is it specifically you love most about it? Because to some people, I cycle at home, and for me, it's about escapism. I don't really care. Well, I do a little bit about how fast I am. I feel like that's but, a little uh, bit of a no, lie. I've for seen me, the... for me getting, out, getting out in the roads and being like with nature and just like, rolling through there is what's important to me. But you seem to love the numbers. Is that the case then? Yes, you know, um, I'm super competitive. So everything uh, I do, I try <laughs> to be in maximum level. Even if sometimes I go to play paddle with my wife, I don't want to lose. I always <laughs> play to win. But in any case, um, there are two things that I love it. The first one and uh, the reason why I start with is to be fit for MotoGP, obviously. Um, I'm very strict with the food and with my diet. We, we know. And we'll see that too. <laughs> the weight for me is very very important so the bicycle allowed me to stay very very uh, lean uh, is that also because you're a little bit taller yes, i guess exactly. for you you have exactly. to really focus exactly. on that and on the acceleration with the MotoGP, if you can stay two three kilos lower than uh, than the competitors you, you you can feel the difference and then in the second is that it's like for me it's like if i disconnect from the world so on that four or five hours that I cycle every day, I, I'm just focused on, on my numbers, on my uh, efforts, and I don't think about my pressure or my responsibilities or even with the family. It's just five hours for me, for myself to be training, and, yeah. and uh, I love it. I love it. That's so, cool. So, sorry, yeah, gonna, I was just going to say, so it is the mental aspect as well. Yes, then, yes, yes. Yeah, because I was going to say, we've seen you, you document so much of, like you say, like food and training, physical training a lot. How do you prepare kind of mentally for a race weekend? And has that changed now where you are now and in the era we are now? It's very important. I mean, I think in this era, everybody is very fit. It's not like... Uh, uh, I was talking about this with uh, Capirossi and Biaggi and uh, they were told, uh, saying to me that on, when, when they were racing in 250 class, was not important to be fit. I mean, you just a couple just of... You just have a few wines. Exactly, and just... exactly. <laughs> now, now it's not like this. Now everybody is close to be an athlete. So maybe I exaggerate a little bit, but in terms of, uh, of the head, it's very important for me at least to feel when I arrive to a GP, that I'm super, super uh, ready, super fit, uh, that I control my diet, I arrive on my, on, on my weight. So when I jump on the bike, I feel like I can be stronger, I can be faster. Uh, and at the end, it's just a, it's just a stupid thing, but <laughs> allowed me to be super ready. That's, that's, that's really cool. interesting because it sounds like then the, the way that you feel most mentally prepared is when you're fully physically prepared. Yeah. But when you're dealing with um, such stressful situations in a race, like, I mean, now um, it's interesting to see how much more competitive the Aprilia and you are this year. You're equaling your best results. How are you able to prepare with that new pressure that comes? You're seeing the podium like less than a second up the road now. How are you staying so focused in your mind? Is there any preparation that goes in towards that? That's more difficult for me, sincerely, because it's a new situation. Uh, I'm 31 years old, so normally when you arrive at this age in MotoGP, you have to be prepared for this. But uh, um, I'm not. And it's new also for the, all the stuff in Aprilia MotoGP, because in the last six years, we've never been that close. So I can arrive uh, very very prepared physically and mentally, but uh, this situation is new. I'm trying to handle it on the... On, on the 
on the most I will say easy relax because nobody in Aprilia is pushing me for the podium uh, the only one who's pushing hard to finish in the podium and I feel like an obligation is myself <laughs> but for them it's very good to finish the races very close to achieve points every race for them it's more than enough for me no so I put my pressure in myself but I try to don't make mistakes I think for example Portima I was I was able to fight for the podium they were in front of me but I decide to to keep keep going slowly keep growing keep improving the bike and and uh, for Aprilia they always say to me it's very important to be as high as possible on the on the classification not in just one single race so this gives me a lot of uh, calm yeah that's cool and for any listeners who don't know because you the best result for Aprilia in the MotoGP area is sixth which you've equaled already this year. But you've also been closer to the front than ever before. Because like 10 years ago, maybe sixth could be three times further back in time. So I think it's just important to point out, like, yeah, the results, some of them are a little bit similar, but the distance you've made up is really impressive into where you are now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, we live from our results. It's the only important thing, the (laughs) points you achieve after, uh, after the checkered flag on Sunday. But... What makes me very proud and happy is how competitive we are. Um, you can finish six in one uh, wet race when 10 riders crash and you finish at 32 seconds. But the way we are racing, how we are finishing the races, at just the, the guys in the podium or even the winner is in front of me. I don't know how you deal with that temptation, honestly. Exactly, exactly. When you just at the end, you're like, but, but, <laughs> but uh, risk and reward. I have, I have to say that uh, there is nothing much left in my pocket, you know. <laughs> so it's I'm close to the limit. But uh, yes, the most important thing is, is to feel competitive. I feel many sessions I'm uh, leading the session or even in, in top three on the last 10 minutes. So for us, this is, is the, the, it's big different from last season. So this makes me very, very happy. Can we, um, a big thing we wanted to also ask you about is your journey to being a factory rider because how, how many years now have you been a factory rider in either Suzuki and Aprilia MotoGP? So now uh, this is my uh, fourth or fifth season in fifth season in, in Aprilia plus two of Suzuki yeah. so it's seven years. It's yeah. a long shift it's as a long factory shift. rider. So, yeah. But you've had such a unique journey. I really think you are one of the most unique riders on the grid in terms of your career navigation. Yeah. Did you, was this Part, did anything that happened to you like with the Moto2 CRT anything like that to then become a factory rider did you plan it that way or were, <sighs> did you have to sort of float like a butterfly in the wind <laughs> I mean everybody who is a factory rider deserve it and, and, yeah. and work hard for it but the way I arrive at least what I feel is that I really work hard to, to arrive here because uh, my, my way wasn't the easiest way and uh, I had to to go back from MotoGP to Moto2 one year. Then I had to ride for uh, CRT, open bikes. And uh, sincerely, when uh, pre- uh, when Suzuki called me to be factory rider, the Monday after Valencia GP, when I jumped the first time on, on, on the factory team, on a factory bike, I have to say that uh, after the, the born of my two kids, um, the best day of my life was unbelievable to be factory rider. It's the best thing <laughs> one, uh, one uh, rider can achieve in his, in his life. So now to be able to maintain this level, to stay in a, in a factory team and to grow up like this is unbelievable. And in Aprilia, everybody is, is, everybody is against, I mean, is, is with me. Uh, everybody depends on me be, because the situation of, of my teammate. So the pressure is high, but also, it's unbelievable to feel the support of everybody in Aprilia, to feel how much they believe in myself. It's, it's a pressure, but I love it. 
because you've skipped ahead there past a question I was going to ask about when you obviously were in the what it was the open category then rather than independence you that really seemed to bring out something in you that just I don't know if it's was it being the underdog or knowing that you were kind of able to take that next step if you really kind of pulled it out the bag but you took that podium as well and you really had an incredible run there before you went to Suzuki how is it different in those two situations and how does it feel when you line up knowing that you've got a factory behind you or you're kind of racing almost for the chance to be in that factory yeah it's completely different story i mean the the potential of the teams when you are in a satellite team and even even more when uh, when i was in an open team because it was even worse than a than a satellite team or when you are factory is completely another story the way you work the way you i mean completely another story but uh, the open class it was like a invent from dorna but allowed me to arrive to suzuki because uh, this 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 type of bike i knew that I had to go from FP1 to 100% if I want to stay close from them because the power and the, the material we had was not 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 competitive at all if we compare with the factory boys. So um, I I understood that I had to go on, on my maximum. I did a good championship. We finished seven in the championship with a forward Yamaha. So that was the the key to to arrive in a factory in a factory team. And yes, the open class helped me a lot. Go on. There you. you go. I was going to say, like, how did how has your mindset then changed from year from year in terms of your expectations? Like, have you been? Do you feel, for example, this year fighting near the top again? Does that remind you of a certain year in your career already where you felt in a similar position, or has it been different every time? Yeah, it's been different. And since when I arrived in Aprilia, I never felt that I was competitive. I struggled a lot. Sincerely, two years ago, before the 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 COVID nineteen arrived. I was seriously thinking to to retire or to go to Superbike and try to do another things, try to, I don't know, but I was not enjoying, I was suffering a lot. Uh, I was 29 years old and I was crying every every Monday when I arrived at home and I was not enjoying the life. And for me, the most important thing, yes, I'm a MotoGP rider, it's my passion, but life is short. So that's a matter if you're riding a bike or making some business or riding a bicycle, but you have to enjoy the life. So on that moment, I decide, okay, I think I will not continue. Then when Rivol arrive, the perspective start to change a little bit. The Aprilia has to start to organize in a different way. Try to, uh, we, we start to work uh, a lot more and, and I start to see the light at the end of the tunnel last year. And sincerely, the approach of this year is another story. I'm enjoying more than ever. Uh, the feeling that I have is that I have the, the passion and the happiness of a, a rookie a rookie, mm-hmm. uh, a rookie rider, um, because uh, to arrive in the in in any weekend knowing that you can fight for the top is is completely another story. It's a lot more easy for the mind, a lot more easy. It's very difficult to finish every race in 15 because I know that the guys that are finishing there, they are maybe working even harder than the than the ones that are winning. So to stay there is very difficult, and I suffer a lot the previous years. Okay, so obviously at Suzuki as well, you had a bike that was capable of being fairly near the front. Does it feel different now because maybe you've been through that difficult time again and now you've come back to it? Do you almost not appreciate it more because like you said, it's your passion, you love MotoGP when you're able to compete at that level. But does it feel different now that you've had that dip and come back to it? Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel very proud of what we achieved because when I arrived to Suzuki, obviously was a new project, but Suzuki has a big history behind them. So they already, I mean, 
they don't start from zero, let's say like this. But when I arrived to Aprilia, they had just two years in MotoGP, but they had no story in MotoGP, so everything was brand new. So to work with them till uh, this year that we, we are fighting with the best brands of the world, it's something that makes me super proud. Very, very happy about myself and all the people around me. But uh, yes, it's something that makes you very proud. I know win is win and if you win with Ducati is very nice or with Honda is very nice for sure but if we are able to put the Aprilia for first time in story in the mm. in the MotoGP podium and fight for uh, some races uh, this is this is unbelievable and you have been such a key part of it it must really feel like you're part of the whole project at the core rather than someone who's gone oh Aleix Spargo he's quite fast we'll hire him exactly exactly <laughs> uh, I've been with them on the on the downs now we are a little bit more up but uh I feel that I'm, I'm an important part of Aprilia, but you know, the impo- I, I know how fast I am or how hard I has worked for this, but the important thing is that everybody in Aprilia um, believe a lot of me, uh, in me. And uh, they always show to me, they always applaud when I arrive in the garage, mm. uh, after a good race, on the, on the meetings, they always uh, speak very good about me. They believe a lot in me, everything I need, I have it. So. This is a support that uh, really helped me a lot to, to grow and to keep going. This is why when I suffer a lot to because I was slow, we were not competitive in the last years. The reason why I, I stay and I resign is because they believe a lot a lot on me, no? And this gives me a lot of strength. Something I picked oh. up that you said earlier was about how when Massimo Rivola arrived, that really mm. the perception and the perspective inside the garage started to change. What is it about his leadership style that you like so much? So we were missing this 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 uh, this 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 guy on the team because I mean before uh, Massimo arrived, um, Romano Albegiano was in charge of everything, in charge of everything. And I'm not saying that he's he he was doing a, a not a good job, but it's impossible to to mm-hmm. to lead yeah. the the develop of the bike with all of the engineers from Monday to Sunday when we were not racing. Then on the on the garage also uh, he was also talking with the riders, with the sponsors. I mean, it's not, it's impossible. He doesn't have any hands. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So now. <laughs> Massimo is doing a very good job and and I think uh, Romano is also improving his job because he's he's an engineer, very good one. So now he's focused on the bike and the results is there. There is GP20 and there is GP21 is the best bike they ever built because he's focused on, on, on what he's capable of. And uh, Massimo also is, is very close to the riders, he's in charge of a lot of different things. The organization of the team has completely changed another story. This is a factory team, as I remember, for example, Suzuki. We are Italians, but we are going on the Japanese direction. I mean... Uh, uh, We're going to take that quote now. We are Italians. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, we are Italians. I mean, it's good. We have a lot of passion, more than the Japanese people. We are... You know, we have uh, maybe more fun, but we were missing the organization part, the, 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 I mean, the, the method of, of work. And, and with the arrival of Massimo, this is something that has changed a lot. And the result is there. In just two years of his arrival, um, we go uh, from the bottom and we are arriving to the top. That's cool. This is a little bit different as well to earlier in pre-season this year. You seemed a lot more cautious in not wanting to come out and be like, "Yeah, we're going to fight for the podium," because yeah, last year, of course, you had a great Masi- preseason. Ma- as well. fault, for <laughs> example. He seemed a little bit more just like, "Let's just stay calm and see where we are," because obviously in Qatar, straight away you were very, very quick. Yeah, uh, Massimo, last year he 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 saw and he know perfectly how I struggle after 
being very competitive in the preseason, we had some problems with the engine, so we had to change a couple of things, and uh, the bike wasn't more competitive anymore. And, and he know how I suffered last year. I I was not enjoying, and uh, it was very difficult season for me. So this year, when I arrived to Qatar after Jerez test, because Jerez the new bike was very very good, promising. When we arrived in Qatar, I saw on uh, I saw a white paper in my in my office, and was uh, maximum 80 percent. Relax, don't go 100%. And every day, uh, first day I finish first, and second day when I arrive, maximum 70%. So, so he's, uh, he's supporting me a lot, a lot, giving me a lot of, uh, a lot of confidence. And uh, this for a rider is the most important thing because uh, there are a lot of things that you have to control. And if the boss of the team uh, give you um, the stability, it's much better. He sounds like it sounds like he understands you as a person very well. Yeah. Um, compared to, I mean, you don't have to name names, obviously, but you've been in a lot I mean, of MotoGP teams. Maybe don't name names. Yeah, you've been, <laughs> a, you've been in a lot of MotoGP teams, Moto2, 125, 250cc. What sort of characteristics does, <coughs> does he do as a team manager differently compared to the others that you've worked with? Is he better in certain senses than others? Have you had a different manager who was, you know, equally as good to you? He's very involved and uh, sometimes he tried to stay, I mean, almost every weekend, he tried to stay on the on the technical meetings to understand the feeling of the rider with the bike. Then he tried to talk with the engineers. As soon he saw something that, for example, if the connection between me or my crew chief with uh, some electronic is not good, he tried to, to help. Uh, he's... He always he's always there always yeah. even if he had to do a lot of meeting with the sponsors or whatever he tried to always control everything and this give you um, a lot of a lot of stability sincerely I felt I felt also very good with David Abrivio. he was the first uh, the first man to give me the chance to be factory rider but the feeling that I have is that with Massimo is more is more uh, beside the rider you know and this give you confidence and the feeling that I have is that sincerely eh? with massimo for for massimo i am i am mark or valentino yeah. um they say to me always that i'm the captain uh, the captain of, of aprilia <laughs> they believe a lot in me and and I, I win nothing so this really give you a lot of boost every time i jump to the bike i give one, my 110 percent because i know that they are they believe in me and they are waiting for me one one last question on this one then because we do want to get back to talk about your sort of personal life as well but what ha what happens if you for example he leaves a lot on your desk and he says maximum 80 percent maybe there's one time where you've given 100 and you've crashed how does he react then <laughs> no he 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 know perfectly that even if he put 80 percent i go 100 percent out yeah. of out <laughs> from the pit um but uh he always support me try and and last year for example i crashed here in Jerez, i crashed twice in both races and uh, we do a lot of meetings. The, even if I finish a meeting with him of one hour and I go home, Monday morning when I wake up, I have a big mail from him trying, he's never, so he never tried to, <coughs> to, to be hard on me, but he tried to, to go a little bit more deep, trying to make me, uh, you know, think a little bit more. And uh, sometimes I think it's better to be like this than to be angry and, and aggressive mm -hmm. because the first one after a mistake who is angry is the same, the rider. So yeah. what you need, someone that make you think a little bit more, be more, you know. And uh, Massimo is like this, and uh, I'm I'm very happy to have him on board, sincerely. That's really interesting. Okay. Yeah, that is interesting. So yeah, we want to talk about you as well. We did a little bit of a cycling to, you know, warm us up a little bit, uh, which is obviously a big part of your life. And you said you use that as an escape. Yeah from everything family as well not in a negative way i'm sure no, it's no, just no, like no. that's your me sure. time i guess is like the phrase nowadays but so 
does having a family now, not too many riders have the same situation that you do with wife, kids, such a little family unit. Does that almost help you with racing now? And how do you balance it? Does it kind of give you perspective? The reason why I'm here today is because I'm, I have a big family. And if not, 100% that uh, I will not, uh, I had not signed my, my last contract on the pandemic, for sure, because I was not enjoying on, on, on the bike. I was suffering a lot, a lot, a lot. And the only thing that gave me motivation to continue and, and, and makes me happy was my family when I arrived home. So this is the reason why I, I decided to sign and, and stay more, more time because the, when I arrived home on Monday, I, the only way to disconnect was to stay with my family. And they makes me very happy for me. It's the most important thing in my life. And uh, Laura, um, really support me and 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 believe in me so together we decided to to try uh, one more contract and uh, i was lucky to have uh, her on on my back because uh, the results are, are sounds improving like it's now. turned out quite well yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yes uh, I, i'm i'm lucky to have them they give me i'm always happy i can't i can't be upset even if i crash <laughs> or i finish this year i'm always finishing in in, in top 10 but even if i finish on 20 uh I'm very lucky because I have uh, my, my dream was to have a to have a good family. I have the best family of the world, so um, I'm I'm very happy. Yeah. When uh, when you first had the twins, um, I'm thinking of uh, it's nice to talk to riders who've had kids. And how did you react instantly in that very next race? Was it business as usual? You're the same Alesh, or do you sometimes as you come down the start and finish straight and you have a restful moment, you think about your family and things like that? What happens? No, you you are the same. Yeah. Sometimes the topic says that you lose uh, one tenth or one second, but no, it's not Crutchlow true. Crutchlow won his first yeah. MotoGP race the weekend. Yeah, they had <laughs> Willow, so. Bruno. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, remember, remember. No, no. I mean, I I, I love when uh, when I when I saw my kids uh, cheating me on the TV because I'm I'm fighting <laughs> for the top. If, if not, I'm not on the TV. So and and when they say uh, Papa is the fastest one, so I, I love to be to be fast, to be competitive. Also, also for them. So no. It, they make me happy and I know there are other riders that they don't need to be as happy or they they are just fast professional and that's it is but for me to success on my on my job I need to be happy and relaxed and this is what my family give me Sounds yeah, like you got the, all the ingredients to, to have a successful yeah. season. You're making us yeah. jealous here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, I mean, great. I see your Instagram <laughs> stories. I see the bicycles. I'm jealous as it is. You know. But. No, I have to say that uh, this year, sincerely, I never been that happy. I'm enjoying a lot my life. Uh, on 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 the family side, I'm enjoying a lot. The only negative thing is that I cannot travel a lot with them, where which I love to travel yeah. with my wife and the kids. But also on the on the job side with Aprilia, I'm enjoying a lot. So. Um, 2021 has been cool. it's, good, it's been a good year so far and we're only at round four so yeah. <laughs> she can go home now um, hey, so I guess before we, we let you go we have to do our quick fire questions don't we because I'm conscious we've had you for about 25 minutes now oh, we, do, um, we do so yeah um, we do same quick fire questions to every guest okay. before the end of the show so the, the idea was to compare the answers yeah. but so far like a lot of people have been like oh, I don't know yeah, or, or like something completely random uh. so come on we're, ho we're hoping okay, for okay, <laughs> do you want to start with the first one I will start, we're starting with the three. Yeah, okay, cool, one. yeah. So the first question is, you can have a dinner party and invite three people, dead or alive, not like your family or those, you know, people that you know, anyone kind of famous or successful from history or from now, who would you love to like meet and have a conversation with? So um, first one, I will say Lance Armstrong. I meet him once, 
but uh, it was more people there, so <laughs> I didn't have the conversation. <laughs> I think it's a very interesting conversation because he has been uh, one of uh, the best athletes in the world, and after all, all what happened, it will be it will be great. Um, second one, I will say. Uh, Maybe Justin Bieber, you know why? Because uh, <laughs> very that is a great did choice. not expect no, that. <laughs> Love it so much. No, but uh, you know, he has been super famous with uh, just 14, 15 years yeah, old, yeah. and his life was like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. And now I see him that with uh, his uh, wife, he finds the balance and, and feels better than ever. So it will be also interesting to to talk uh, with his different... I would also uh, love to see Justin and Lance talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> he, will he we will finish the conversation and he will have to buy a bicycle. You know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and then uh, number three, um, difficult, difficult. Mm, not sure. We can always come back to that if you want. We can move on to yeah, the next question. We'll leave you waiting it. on the third So the next then. question is, where is your favorite place in the world? I think I might know, know the answer already. Yeah. My home. Yeah. yeah, here we go. No, but I know everybody will say the same, but my home where I live from last seven years was not when uh, is not where I was born. So it's not Barcelona that I love it, mm. but I discovered in Andorra, when I moved to Andorra, obviously um, the biggest reason was the tax. But after seven years, uh, I'm very happy there. I will yeah. not move doesn't matter anything else because uh, the, the, the peace you have there, the, the environment to, to, to cycle is the best in, of the world. Um, my wife and, and the kids are super happy uh, there. Normally when we go, I want to go holidays when I finish the season or in the summer, I want to go to the, to the beach house, but um, it's impossible because they don't want, <laughs> yeah. they want to stay home. <laughs> really? So when I travel and I, and I feel that my family is that happy where we are living, it means that it's the best place in the world for me. What more can you ask for? That's amazing. That's a, that's a nice answer. Uh, what was the next one? What's your favorite dessert? Something with Nutella. Really? Oh, you're a obsessed with that. Okay. Great answer. So I will say, I, I don't eat so much, so much but uh, pancake with Nutella or I don't know, anything. Or just a jar of Nutella with a spoon. Oh, that's too much, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> really? Interesting. Okay. Do, you, yeah. so, do, you, do you have like things with Nutella in your restaurants as well? Is yes, that, always, is that have, on the menu? Yes, and one one of the of the best desserts, everybody uh, <laughs> ordered it, is the, the Nutella pizza. Yeah. It's like a calzone with Nutella inside. Nice. Uh, it's unbelievable. So like, I feel like for British listeners, that's like a Nutella pasty. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 basically, <laughs> really nice. Um, I can remember one of the last questions. What was the fifth one? I can't remember. What is the fifth one? See, we tried phobias? to go pro, and now we're like, oh yeah, no, we, we what forgot was the other question. We forgot <laughs> to bring it printed out. Uh, what, what do you have any phobias? That's one of them. Is there anything you're really scared of? Snakes, spiders, anything like that? Mm, no, I don't. I don't like the snakes, or but, but not phobia. I mean. I can deal with them. We had this before. No. It's like some things, if it's genuinely dangerous to you, it's normal to be scared of it, I yeah. think, right? Yeah. Like it's not a phobia. Yeah. Like if like a cobra comes in now, we should be afraid of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, <laughs> phobia, no. 
maybe they like superstitions or that kind of thing too much you know one thing that i hate is after a all dry weekend when i wake up in the morning before the warm-up and start to rain i have phobia of this <laughs> okay, yeah. so Makes this sense. maybe is one of the of the worst things can happen to me yeah. um i can't remember the fifth question i can't remember the fifth question is this what happens either. but do you remember We've the been last photobombed by tito rabat so oh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you remember the the third person for your dinner though yeah let's go Any back thoughts? to that one I will dinner with my wife. I love my she wife. Your wife as well. I love okay. to I love to spend time uh, to nice. spend time with with her. Now the, these last years, which we love, but we we have not many time to stay alone without the kids. So when we have uh, time for us and we go dinner, I enjoy a lot with uh, Laura. Is my best friend. So apart from my wife, <laughs> I enjoy a lot with uh, with her. So I will not lose time with anybody else. I, I do like <laughs> that's very cute. But I do like how you're like, yeah, we don't get time to ourselves. So I'm gonna bring her to dinner with Lance Armstrong and <laughs> yeah. Justin Bieber. No, that's perfect. Thanks so much for your time. A pleasure. It's been a, a pleasure. pleasure. Great conversation. And best of luck for the rest of the season and this weekend. Thank you very much. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that one uh, with Alicia Spargo. I've, I've really, really enjoyed that particularly, and I've completely forgotten what we're actually meant to say at this point. I was going to say, but this sounds like Matt is say. doing one of those fluff filler bits, yeah, and oh then he's like, goodness uh, me. Oh, yeah, so the, do this, you have the comments ready? Yeah, I do actually have the comments ready. They're on the other side of this sheet here. Let's Amazing. just keep all this part in, so do stick around because we have your comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, question of the week, a reminder once again before we get going, right? So how do you guys perform best? Do you need to be happy in your personal life to perform best at work, or are you just someone who just grinds it out? I don't care what's going on outside of work i could just do my job to the maximum how uh, about you then uh yeah definitely need to be happy and have free space of mind i mean i i found it over the last couple of years to be honest i can kind of do both if work's a bit intense i can just get through it and i can get things done but i definitely prefer doing it when i feel more <laughs> relaxed that's for sure yeah i don't know i'm really pressure driven like yeah. i prefer like sundays for me especially at the moment sadly we don't have any fans here so i do most of the podium announcements as well mm. which has added serious kind of time stamps into my sunday where yeah, if yeah. you've not done something by that point then all is lost yeah yeah. and i, I really I enjoy same, that yeah. to I, be honest i think but, we got this start up last year i think how we perform best i can't remember who it was with but uh, yeah we i think we both are uncomfortable found out about ourselves over the last couple of years we perform best when a deadline is looming <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, yeah. I'm sure especially a lot of kind of students or if you're studying anything or trying to learn anything, that's quite a classic, I think. Yeah, yeah. I also had that at university. It's like, well, it's eight hours. <laughs> so got to get this done now. Yeah, got to grind it out. Let's but have no. a few more unspecified energy drinks or coffee. <laughs> um, but <laughs> <laughs> so uh, YouTube comments. Um, I was going to read some of these out and then we can comment on them, Fran. Um, first one that we had from last week's question of the week, should riders have things outside of their actual racing life uh, and Jake YY said well this is not actually a response to that question but why was this episode so short should be at least one hour long I thought <laughs> we'd actually answer that first because these are a little bit shorter they're about half an hour or so that we have with the interviews um, but the reason why that is is because the riders have about a million other things to do on these days we really struggled yeah. to get a half an hour spot with them for, for a few people when you when you get lucky with they having more of a yeah. relaxed day then absolutely but certainly for riders there are so many commitments for these guys even though we don't have fans and we don't have some of the events that normally they'd have to do as well there's a press conference for some and then also so many media different things they have to do debriefs sponsor commitments as well still yeah stuff with the team and then obviously actually getting ready to race yeah precisely to steal the phrase from ktm so, so that is uh why that that is the answer to that question particularly but then also uh Zhao saltus got in touch on youtube 
and said they should totally have more things in life other than just racing. I do tend to agree. Um, I'm not sure what you reckon as well. I mean, Aleish is definitely nice, someone who agrees. I think as well, like Aleish and the person obviously who was in that chat last time, Miguel Oliveira, they're not exactly short of success, are they? Mm. So, you know, they're racing in the world's premier class of motorcycle racing. Yeah. So I think it does show you can you can do both. Yeah, I mean, you definitely want someone uh, getting on the bike who literally lives and breathes and loves racing. But, but also you need at the to same do that time... in every moment where you're preparing or actually racing. Yeah. And I don't think it does matter that much, actually, if like 1am on a free weekend Saturday, you're just watching a film and not even remembering. Quite, quite. Ever, I mean, everyone's different, one. isn't How it? Do you yeah. like it? Exactly. Uh, Harambe Honda, what a name, on YouTube, <laughs> uh, replied to us saying, gotta love Oliveira, straightforward, balanced guy. Thanks, Matt and Fran, for doing the pods, despite the conditions. I think he was referring to the looming storm that yeah. we had last <laughs> week. No storms in the, in the press conference room, though, is there? No, there is not. It's a lot better. Also, for those of us who use a little bit of hair product, Mm-hmm, I was a little mm-hmm. bit worried about getting that glued onto my head. So yeah, today is much drier. Um, and then lastly, I mean, this goes on what we were saying. Username 316. The, their literal username is username 316. Uh, it's incredibly it's, original. Though. I know. <laughs> uh, good to be focused and dedicated, but life is about more than just one thing. When the riders share their interests or hobbies, it makes them feel more human to us than rather than just racing machines. Their choice, though, shouldn't be forced into sharing. And I think that actually fully sums up our guest that we had today, Elise, you know, shares everything from his life the positives and sometimes the negatives but yeah, definitely. not forced into it by any means yeah for sure we actually had this chat uh, partly in kind of pre-season when uh, maverick vinales didn't really publish much of him like oh yeah we did and yeah. his like kind of new family and everything that he's got going on and it was like that not argument but that debate between is it almost weird in such a social media era to not share that much or you know do we expect too much sometimes and maybe some people aren't like that so yeah. like someone like Aleish super open always also with like replies and stuff on Twitter he'll always have a conversation disagree with someone call them out and in kind terms of, of sharing as well characters. interestingly enough you've got Aleish there who shares his whole life his family everything with social media his own brother Paul yeah. shares barely anything of his Yeah, it's child. interesting that. It's, yeah. yeah so. And we also didn't really ask him about that part of his family in the paddock, did we, too much in this episode? No, no, no <laughs> but, but also, but I, yeah, I like the direction that we did take. No, for um, sure. And also, they are very separate humans. Yeah, yeah, uh, Like, obviously, they're close family. They've both had incredible success. But it's, I think it's been, a li- their journeys have been so different. Yeah. and their paths and where they've been so I think yeah I think it's almost nice that both stand on their own two feet so well yeah and I hope uh, probably at the end of this actually that to be fair thinking about it more the biggest takeaway for me from this episode is talking about that relationship between rider and manager I think that's something which if we get to speak to riders again in future I'd like to speak to them a little bit about more because that was such a unique insight and I bet yeah, for sure is, is clearly one of those riders who needs to feel that support from his leader in his team he needs to yeah. be uplifted he doesn't need to be put down shouted at because sometimes that can be a leadership style and some riders will respond to that so it'd be interesting if we can speak to other riders who does get that sort of treatment instead hopefully, hopefully we will speak to other riders yeah that would be ideal and for the uh, in who, who we have lined up in Le Mans hopefully so far so planned that would be an interesting question I think from yep. a very different team and a very different uh, personality as well. very different personality to everyone else so stay tuned and see you next time I guess right yeah thanks for listening slash watching yeah.